Welcome to 5.5, the show where we watch 5.5 rated movies from IMDb and visit the side streets of Hollywood so we can give you reviews of hidden gems or terrible movies you should stay away from. So ready your popcorn, lean back, and enjoy the show. You're listening to 5.5. Welcome back to another episode of 5.5, and uh, it's a little bit spooky in here today because it's Halloween, so uh, maybe, just maybe, the movie that we watched today reflect is reflecting that, but we'll find out very soon, but before we get into that, I am obviously not here alone, that would be boring, I'm joined by Amanda all the way from Canada, how you doing? Hey, hey, Marty. Here for the scares. Good, good. Also, in the Northern Irish, we have Tom. Boo! That's scary. <laughs> Did that scare you? <laughs> Hello. Hi. And uh, right next to me, a scary little bird. How are you doing? Surprisingly good. Hi. <laughs> and I'm obviously also here. My name is Captain Martin Larsen, and uh, uh, we are ready to set sail. But before we do that, we have a guest. We have a guest who chose this movie. His name is Michael. He does a scary podcast. How are you doing? I'm doing well. And given that introduction, I did choose the movie, but I chose it out of a pool that you provided. Um, so, <laughs> the, so no, no, Michael, an ocean. an ocean. You had an ocean of movies to pick from. Don't make it sound like we gave you like there two were options. Like, there were like three. <laughs> That's not an ocean. <laughs> um, I'm happy to be here. I'm happy to be here and discuss this movie with you guys. With you all. I, I feel like it's starting to become a theme that the guest is uh, apologizing for the movie that has been picked <laughs> on the show by now. But uh, yeah. It, it should be the segment just at the start where it's like, okay, well, this is the part where the guest apologizes and says say sorry for recommending this movie. I should have offered to do a disclaimer before I actually started doing anything, but it is what it is. <laughs> anyway, let's figure out, let, let's find out what movie we are going to watch. Lights, camera, action. It's time for the synopsis. This month on 5.5, we watched Ghost Ship. A salvaged crew discovers a long-lost 1962 passenger ship floating lifeless in a remote region of the Bering Sea and soon notices that his long-dead inhabitants may still be on board. There we go. The, this is Michael's pick. Michael, have you have you seen this movie before Before we watched, this? we watched it this time? Yes, I have, but I hadn't seen it in many, many years, so there were certain parts of it that I remembered, and most of it I didn't remember, and we'll talk about it later, but I know why I didn't remember them. So. <laughs> Fair enough. Fair enough. I guess let's jump straight into um, uh, the one-sentence review and, and maybe get a feeling for where people are at. Is the one-sentence review! The intro promised a horror movie, but somehow they forgot about that, so even I could watch it. Not a horror movie, but probably better off for it. Murder ship? I think it's a murder ship. Hear no evil, see no evil. One of the best horror movies ever made? No, that ship has sailed. So, <laughs> there, we, there we go. I, I really like that, uh, Tom, your one-sentence review is basically on the poster. 
Well, that's where I got my inspiration. Yeah. Okay, got inspiration. okay, because I'm pretty sure. <laughs> why, why come up with your own inspiration? <laughs> why come up with your own one sentence review when you can just tweak what is on the cover of the movie? Yeah, why change? I'm like, perfection? I'm going to use that pun. That's a great pun. Yeah, I, I, I mean, feel, I understand why. I understand. I why. feel like I was lacking in an nautical pun. I wasn't able to figure out one quick enough. <laughs> yeah, I did get. I got a bit of a sinking feeling reading yours, Michael. Hey, I see yeah. what you did there. So um, let's uh, have a look at that ghost ship and uh, talk about the crew. It's time to meet the crew. So the director was Steve Beck. Anyone ever seen anything from him before? Ghost ship. (laughs) I've seen ghost ship. I'll be honest, I don't know the director by name, and I didn't do my due diligence to research if he did anything else. Um, so, yes, I too have seen Ghost Ship. Oh, I've seen you it twice, probably actually. have. Um, he was a director for 13 Ghosts, Michael, and I feel like that's a movie that you've seen. I love 13 Ghosts. 13 Ghosts is so much better than this one. But, yeah, <laughs> I have seen 13 Ghosts, yes. Also, he he has been doing visual effects on uh, a small movie about water as well called the the Abyss. Uh, it has like a I don't know if any of you have seen it. It's a quite an old movie, but it, it is in right in the beginning of uh, computer graphics and CGI and mm. stuff like that. And they actually nineteen eighty nine. Like a- so that was when Marty was about twenty, wasn't it? So that was- <laughs> <laughs> I was eight. Tom, I was eight. Um, like but they do have. They, they do have like a, a this watery monster thingy that that you have a look at so so yeah it's it's pretty cool uh it, it's a really good movie actually so. so then the captain in the story um Murphy is played by Gabriel Byrne and he's known for the usual the usual suspects end of days and Miller's crossing I have not heard of any of those oh no no I've that's a lie I've heard of the usual suspects Oh, I was about to say, The Usual Suspects is so good. If you haven't watched it, I know it's not a 5.5, but if you haven't watched <laughs> it, you, you need to check it out. It, it's such a good movie. It, it's what the young kids nowadays call a classic. Is it a cult classic? No, it's a classic. No, it's, it's not, not a right cult. It, it's very well more. known. Yeah. Just wondered. I, I really like this character, by the way. And not, not because he was Irish. I mean, <laughs> it was a good big part reason why I liked him, but I just... I think he just he'd seen a lot of shit at sea and and you could tell Mm -hmm. I agree (laughs) then we have the one female role well actually there were more female roles but the main female role I guess um, Epps played by um, Juliana Margulies is that how you pronounce her last name? Margulies well then that (laughs) (laughs) and um, she's known for ER um, City Island and Snakes on a Plane, which that sounds very Why hilarious to me. You haven't seen Snakes <laughs> on a Plane, Berta? No. Oh my. Marty, this is what you're doing as soon as we stop recording. Educate that woman. We need to see Snakes on a Plane. That's a must. Um, I'm looking also, at you rated right now. It's a 5.4. <laughs> it's almost. Oh. Almost. Oh. Upvote. Upvotes for everyone. You need to go upvote it. Need to go upvote <laughs> it could it. one day be featured on this very podcast. I mean, it has, it has happened before. It's happened, it has before. happened before. We got Jumanji. Baywatch. <laughs> Baywatch, wasn't it? Oh, yeah, Baywatch, sorry. 
Day one, yeah. I mean, Brave it's part. the same main actor. It's the same main actor. It's The yeah. Rock. He's in both. So, <laughs> easy to mistake. Yep. Um, and Juliana Morgales, I'm really sad that you guys also didn't put on here The Good Wife, which is probably the best one. That's what I knew her from. Yeah, I just iconic. couldn't place it on it. Yes. I just go by the IMDb provides you with about three or four <laughs> well-knowns, and these were the well-knowns. I can't argue with the algorithm. I can't do it. Okay, then. Okay. 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 And then we have Ron Eldard, who'd play, who plays Dodge. You might know him from Super 8, Deep Impact, and Black Hawk Down. I mean, oh. I, I know Black Hawk Down. It's a good, mm-hmm. it's a good war movie, good. but I, I, I can say that I can place him in it. Same. For a while, I thought this guy was Steve, Steve Owen, is it? Owen Wilson? <laughs> Owen Wilson. Even, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> At least know. Owen was in there. <laughs> You were close, like fifty percent there. Yeah, that's I just that's all I could see for a while. I was like, it's not, it's not Owen Wilson, it's not Steve Owen, it's, it's none of those people. It's definitely not. But um, n- nice to hear Deep Impact. That's something I haven't heard of. That was one of like my favorite disaster movies when I was back in the day. Yeah, mm-hmm. rated six point two. That's that's kind of surprising, but I remember, I remember liking that better than armageddon because it was around the same kind it was about, it was one that it was one that era where it was like yep nothing is better world than armageddon. Ending, disaster Aerosmith is in that movie I exactly. know. <laughs> and Bruce Willis. <laughs> yeah but morgan freeman's in uh deep impact isn't he no oh yeah he is yeah if yeah. he's not a voiceover then i I'm he's, not a, pre- really he's the president he's the goddamn president okay goddamn president. unprecedented <laughs> next up we have desmond harrington who played ferryman ha <laughs> ferry <laughs> oh. who you might know from Dexter, the Neon Demon, and Rescue Me. I just had the urge to sing that. Rescue me! <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, I, I recognize uh, Desmond Harrington from, from Dexter. That's what, where mm-hmm. I got my big connection there. He, he plays mm-hmm. Detective that was it for me. Joseph Quinn. And keeping up the role of being a bit of a douchebag mm-hmm. right there, in a way. <laughs> Then we have Isaiah Washington playing Greer. Um, he's known from Grey's Anatomy, Exit Wounds, and Hollywood Homicide. And I would say, this being a movie from the 90s, he was the token black guy in this movie. Well, this is not a movie from the 90s. Is it not? When was it? 2002. 2002. Okay, I'm sorry. Close <laughs> but enough. you were correct. That was still mm-hmm. his role in the horror movie. At least he didn't die first. That's true. Breaking those stereotypes. Yeah. Instead, they killed the um, Latino, and that was Santos, played by Alex Dimitriades, I think. And he's known from Deuce Bigolo, European <laughs> Bigolo, <laughs> uh, The Heartbreak Kid, and Head On. Please, I someone enlighten me what the first movie is. <laughs> Have well, you never seen this Bigelow American Gigolo? Like, Marty, that was Rob Schneider, right? That's a good friend, Rob Schneider. You know, there's the bench warmer yeah. connection there <laughs> from a previous episode. But I do want to call out you saying that this was the first person to die in this movie because that is just not true. 
It's not true. Not if, we, if we wanted to say who died first in this movie, that would be quite a substantial list, which I'm sure we will get Waiter into. number three. <laughs> That's a lot of people who died. In the beginning. Of the people we're listening. the main cast. Yeah, I got it. Okay, yes. okay. I'll give, you, I'll give you that one. I'll give you that one. Last off, we have Carl Urban as M- M- Munder. Um, he's known for uh, his roles in Lord of the Rings, Star Trek, Doom, and I had to just add a few to to your list, Tom. <laughs> he, he's Judge Dredd as well in the movie Dredd. And he's in The Boys, which is a series that I'm watching right now. And it's amazing. And we just talked about it on Two Nerds, maybe more. <laughs> Shameless plug. Uh, and uh, yeah, he's, he's awesome. Oh, did not I did know, not we? know. I did not know him from anything. Like when I actually watched the movie, I didn't place him anywhere. And now that I see it, like the names next to it, I'm like, oh my god, that's Aelmir. <laughs> like, <what? laughs> it's because he has long hair. He's like the long hair kind yeah. of hip, hip, you know, hippie-ish in a way. Well, he's, and... he's Australian. He's just he's just Australian. That's what he is. Yeah, true. Just about the 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 hat with the corks hanging off it, <laughs> pretty much. <laughs> so, so yeah, let's get into the movie. Let, oh, oh, yeah, let's do it. Let, let's move move ahead. Let's jump into the movie. We got a new got a new host. Wolf's team ahead. <laughs> we think about that then on an ocean liner from the 60s we see passengers dance the young girl katie sits by herself until the captain asks to dance with her someone pulls a lever that unravels a spool of wire which snaps and whips across the dance floor cutting in half passengers and crew because of her height katie watches in horror how everyone else around her dies in current times, well, at least current times when the movie was made, a salvage crew, a crew of six people is celebrating a success when they're approached by a weather service pilot. He has spotted a vessel adrift in the Bering Sea, which means it can be claimed. Together with him, the crew set out on their salvage tugboat and come across the ocean liner, now old and rusty, and around which the crew slowly begins to experience supernatural events. Yes, very, very scary, very scary setup right there, right, Mike? It's it's a horror movie. This is a, a you know um, h- high class scary movie uh, material being used in this movie, right? Well, the setup definitely kind of gives that vibe. Like the setup is really great, actually. Like I love that opening scene that was described, where the wire actually uh, snaps and just becomes super taut. And my first thought was. If it was really pulled that tight, would the wire like actually slice through people that way? Like I know that stuff. Like that amount of people, would it eventually like snap at some point or something along those lines? But I thought it was that was probably my favorite scene of the whole movie. Uh, mm. Was that scene where everybody's just getting chopped and their bodies are starting to fall apart and things like that? And it always interests me how directors take the challenge of how does a person react when part of their body has just been chopped off and I like seeing the different reactions between the passengers of there's like a scene where someone's on the ground and they're dragging themselves towards their torso or their legs and they're trying to grab it back and the setup is excellent and creepy Mm. um, and it's eventually ruined later on by the actual um (laughs) reasoning that things are going on like i thought it was a supernatural event happening from the start and i thought that was really cool but i mean it kind of was but eh. i I gotta (laughs) agree like the the intro for this film and i i realize like i have seen this film 
before well i've seen the intro to this film before but i don't remember like watching the whole film and that intro always stuck with me as i as i put this film on i knew that was going to happen and i remember like thinking like oh my goodness like this is like such a shocking way to start a film like it's so brutal it's devastating like it's just like the first time you see that you're in absolute shock and it's just right at the start of the movie you have this kind of like gentle introduction you know like you're on the ocean cruise liner it's the 60s even as the warner brothers logo comes up it's all you know kind of old old-fashioned that way and you just get into the sense of oh you know it's a cruise ship everyone's having a good old time and then just snap literally just the way that wire cuts across the dance floor like for me that is like as just an incredible scene like it is just an incredible moment in this movie and whatever comes next like i think like you have to like hold your hands up and just say like what an incredible like sequence of events that is for a setup for a movie like it it really set the stage but i mean what came next but still the setup and that like you have to admire it and it 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 did kind of leave me like oh my god like that is just like what can you say that was just totally unexpected <laughs> unexpected yeah like it was a scene where then the little girl watching all of it like you just feel with her and are like oh my god this girl just like she survived and she saw all of this happen when you realize that she's still alive and like she screams like oh my god like i felt that and that was the moment where marty gave me a pillow to hide behind it because i was anticipating a really scary movie um and like every time afterwards i thought there were going to be so many like jump scares and so many scary things because of this setup like so the setup originally was really good and was setting us up for a really good movie um but yeah it just that's how that went fizzled out it was like we start strong start strong with the scare with the gore with the bang and then it's like oh oh <laughs> that was basically my reaction through the whole thing I was like oh, <laughs> oh okay <laughs> I even went out and said to my dad because he refused to watch it with me he was like no you have to watch it on your own it's a horror I won't watch a horror movie and I was like oh, you're such a wimp so I came back out after watching it and I was like that wasn't scary at all in the slightest not even a little bit and he was like i read about it online it said it was terrifying i was like no who said it was terrifying i want to see that reviewer he probably made Um, it up i mean so for as background to people who might not know me i do not really like horror movies i do not really usually watch them um i jump scare like jump jump scares like are the worst for me i really hate them but i also like actively like scenes like the maggots or something like they make me want to vomit and stuff like that like i cannot really watch horror movies but i got through this movie um and like but i like i think there were parts in it that made me like i know like i was anticipating so much scary stuff the whole throughout the whole movie like i think the music itself was actually setting it up for a lot of scary stuff that then didn't happen. Um, so, like, I think there was a lot of setup for like what could have been a really scary and good made horror movie, but somehow it got lost somewhere because I ended up seeing all the scary scenes. I ended up seeing all the scary stuff that ended up not being that scary. I, I think I remember the, the most scary thing where you, where you got the, the largest shock were 
just a thing they just were eating or something, and then they were throwing something at each other or something like that. Where you know they made a jump scare out of something very, very you know. Oh, it was the girl standing at the top of the ladder. That one was the only jump scare that made me like, oh, oh my god. When like oh, there was a bit in the, the like the, the fridge as well when the the two guys kind of got yeah. into yeah the, yeah yeah that joke the meat I think, I, yeah I think yeah. that's the one that I'm thinking about yeah um, maybe and that's the other thing like those jump scare like that jump scare was not actually where like it was basically two of the crewmates setting the others up for like a prank so it wasn't even supernatural stuff that was happening in that jump scare like I I totally get what you're saying about like the real lack of jump scares but. I think in a way, like I, I found it quite interesting that it didn't take that approach. Like it was telling, it it, it turned a bit more like psychological into a bit more mis- mm. mystery direction. I don't think like horror films always necessarily have to be like we're no, just no. going to build up this tension, go silent, and then just have this random scare. Like the the whole like as the story unfolded, I actually found it quite interesting. Of like like what's actually going on on this ship, and I found like the whole. Like environment of them being on the this abandoned cruise ship, like I found that like really like intense. Of just like they're on this massive cruise ship, it's totally empty, it's in the middle of the ocean, and I thought that like for a film that came out in two thousand two as well, I thought this like film looked really good. Like I yeah. thought it was like the the sets and the the environments were just fantastic and. Yeah, I totally agree. Like this... good CGI too. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, mm-hmm. and I totally agree. Like, th- there wasn't really moments in this film where I'm like, "That was scary," but there was definitely just uncomfortable moments that mm. left me afterwards thinking about it. Which usually in certain horror films, I'm not left like thinking about certain things, like thinking about the ending, for example, thinking about like just the execution of like what happened to the original members on the ship as well like it was very disturbing and then there's just elements of yeah it gets a little bit ridiculous towards the end but even just how some of the members of this crew get eliminated is you know it's like the guy gets caught up just randomly in the in like the gears of the ship and just gets like there's no fuss no there's a mess but there's no fuss it's just like he's swimming and then next thing he's ground up and you just see like half his face it's just like fucking hell you know what i mean it's like they just got rid of people and it was just like shit you know like they're gone there wasn't for half the time there wasn't really a big deal made about how people were dying and in a way i found that kind of an interesting approach because usually in those suspense scenes you know it's like oh my god but this it it was i don't know it was kind of like eliminating people in, in in a subtle way and i just found actually quite an interesting aspect of the whole film there was I, even I, a death we didn't see. I don't know how much I can spoiler, but there was one death where um, they leave one person and they come back to the person being dead. So, um, well, that's you true. Know. I, I do feel like, because, uh, Tom, you mentioned that, you know, it looks really good and some of the deaths, we do see a lot of things. And I do feel like when, because when you look at the list that the director has done, I mean, he's been uh, special effects supervising on like big, a really big movie like uh, uh, The Abyss, for instance, and but also a few other movies. So I do feel like that maybe that is, you know, one of the things that he's good at as a director is, you know, the the visual side of things, and and that definitely comes through here. I, I feel like I, I do feel like it. It does look like a really good movie. But maybe, you know, the story might be lacking a little bit here and there. One of my favorite scenes, just in terms of visualization, um, was the the scene in the 
pool um, where it started to fill up with blood. Um, like first, mm. it, it shows um, uh, Juliana Margolis's character. I can't remember her name. Um, like she felt falls into the pool and bit of her blood drains into a bullet hole um and then the blood starts pouring out of bullet holes and the pool fills with water or not water fills with blood um nobody sees this none of the crew see this it's just like a phenomenon for the viewer um and then there's like dead bodies within this pool of blood and i I thought that was actually a really cool um thing to kind of up the uncomfortableness like tom says it wasn't like outright scary but it was like ooh something went down there for sure um and i I like that scene for its creepiness so as somebody who watches quite a bit of horror movies i would say that this was this was a psychological mystery movie that had elements of horror that was marketed as a horror movie and i think that that contributed to why it might be rated the way that it's rated and why people didn't like it as much as they might have is because expectations going into something impact how you perceive a movie. Sometimes it can be hard to differentiate our opinions of a movie based off of the actors or actresses or anyone that's involved with the film from the actual film itself. And I feel like the expectation of this is going to be a horror movie due to ads and marketing made people think a certain way of it. And I think that it would much better be served if it were advertised as this is a psychological mystery movie that has some elements of horror. And like Amanda said, there is that moment where she bleeds and it comes into the bullet hole and it comes out of another one and subsequently fills the pool, which is a bit of uh, foreshadowing to the events that it will actually tell you about later on that you'll see why it does that because that mm. that ties into the story as a whole and it's leading all these little pieces together and then once they finally if I do have a big complaint it's that they kind of just tell you the entire story all at once at the end there it's like hey we've led you to this point and now we're just going to give you all the answers I don't mm. like that I think they could have left a little bit more ambiguous but they do show you all those little elements that the crew comes across beforehand and how it ties into the overall narrative of what happened to the ship, what happened to the crew, and things like that. I do like the implementation of the different ghost-like figures upon the ship. Uh, Murphy, the captain, ends up having a drink with the previous captain, who ends up showing him the overall story that we as viewers get to see. The... um, I don't think she's in the character listing here, but the girl that plays Katie at the time she was... Emily Browning. Yes. uh, She does an excellent job. Um, I really just wanted to, like, adopt her right then and there. And then I realized it's weird because right now we're actually, like, the same age. Um, (laughs) uh, I forgot that the movie was 2002, but I think that she does a great job throughout her connection with Epps. Uh, throughout the entirety of the film it actually has like a steady growth and it's always weird when there are creepy little ghost girls in any format even in this one she's still a little bit creepy even though you feel for her um she's still a creepy ghost girl and you know (laughs) and it's really interesting that you're saying that that her relationship with ebbs grows because i think that's the only correct character development that we actually really see in this Mm -hmm. movie like i think we see very little development of characters apart from this ebbs and katie story um Mm -hmm. 
everyone else we don't really know much about their background and we don't really see much about other things and there's like scenes later on where like it's being suggested that one character likes the other character and i'm like where did that come from like it wasn't like yeah exactly like it wasn't really information that we were given as like a story that was underlaying there um so yeah that was you uncovered something about the the writing and the script as well right Yes, so um, you suggesting that with the psychological part of this um, movie is really interesting because originally it was written as a much more psychologically based story um, where the characters were going to kill each other um, uh, one by one, like each day, something like that. I can't completely um, recall, but um, and it suggested that the actors were shown that original script when they were... um, you know, signed on, and then they were actually quite disappointed with the script being changed so much to um, mm. the story that we saw now. So um, that there is a base in this having originally been a lot more psychologically based. I just want to bring up a point as well because I made the joke about Ferryman, who mm. turns out to be the the evil in this, the, the mastermind of, of, of trying to who, eliminate who, everyone. Who, who turned Spoiler. out to be the ferryman, right? The, the yeah. ferryman, yes. Yeah. So there's a Greek mythology. <laughs> Greek mythology link here of the ferryman in Greek mythology is uh, Charon who ferries the souls and that's exactly what ferryman was trying to do here trying mm-hmm. to get a certain amount of quota for the management which I thought it was really interesting how he was referring to whoever assigned him this as management like it, it was it was kind of an interesting use of words like management like really but like but it just made me actually a bit more curious about like why this was happening and obviously with the likes of murphy as well being being an age seaman that he had stories of like other cruise ships where strange things had happened and i see michael laughing at the word seaman there probably i'm I laughing at marty because marty started laughing first so immature so immature <laughs> what you just unbelievable but yeah he's got stories of these other cruise ships where similar things have happened and obviously we get kind of the reveal at the end that Fer- ferryman doesn't get killed ferryman's off on another ship to do the exact same thing to acquire these souls for the management and it was a little bit of a twist at the end to to see that and the fact that this was something that was continually happening on ships around the world like i I don't know like if they were trying to set up a potential ghost ship too uh (laughs) with regards to that but i did find that kind of overall quite interesting that there was a reason for the killing and also the fact that if somebody had sinned it had made them like their soul marked and you could see that they went through various aspects of people committing sin in some ways which i thought was also an interesting aspect of this film too yeah i I definitely think that there was a a lot of you know good ideas in the movie i do also think that that maybe maybe it could use another rewrite or two um so, but but overall, I think there was some some really good ideas. No, I just think I agree with like with something like Michael said, like how this was marketed. I mean, if you you throw a film down in front of somebody and say "go ship," right, they're instantly going to think like, oh, you know, people <laughs> running around with sheets and spooking people in cabins and stuff. Like, I think that even the name, maybe the name of the film is wrong. Like, maybe the name of the actual film just sets the expectation totally wrong of what you you're going to expect. Because I think, like, it, it it does, like it's been said, 
fall more into a different category than perhaps the title even suggests. And I think that's potentially just sets it up for people's expectations again, being just being totally misread as they go into this. I have one other thing. Um, as the person that points out weird things that really don't fit is... So their little boat explodes and they all go get onto the big boat and they're trapped on there. How the fuck did they patch the wounds that people have with like proper band-aids and stuff like that from with like they were now on a ship from the uh, 60s like please explain this to me how did maybe they, they all had fanny packs hidden that we didn't that see that went into the water with them yes. hey a good fanny pack is waterproof <laughs> <laughs> and the only other thing that I want to point out is like they're in the Bering Sea how are they swimming in that water without like wetsuits or dry suits or something without freezing their asses off? Well, how did she survive in the end? Like, that's what I'm saying. Like, how did they not get <laughs> have hypothermia? You never, have, you, have you never seen Titanic? She was clearly right. lying on something that, that you know, I don't know. It, it wasn't a door, but you know, the body so. can do amazing things when stressed. <laughs> <laughs> and I guess the last thing I would say is. I was disappointed in the lack of uh, consistency when it came to interactions with the ghostly figures. You have the uh, Greaves that can kiss the dead uh, woman that was singing, and yet the little girl, you couldn't touch her or anything. Every time she touched uh, anybody, it went through her and things like that, so she had no corporeal form or anything like that. But it was like other ones could choose to do so. But that you was the Ferryman, captain that wasn't could... it? I thought that was Ferryman that did that. Like he turned into and seduced. Um, well, then the okay. Well, if it was no, I don't think so. Because he assumed uh, the form of another character later on as well. Like he was changing form. So would you say that it was the ferryman then that became the captain and told them all the, all the story then too? Because the captain served him a drink. Yeah, exactly. I don't that's think, what, but I don't like think a, that the ferryman would reveal. But we the see entirety I didn't, of what I happened. Didn't think- was the captain that revealed the story? I thought it was the girl Katie. So, well, yeah. okay, yeah, so Katie revealed the story to him, but well. the, there's a photo mm-hmm. that the captain yeah. gave to Murphy. Oh, that part. Sorry. That yeah, made okay. him piece together that the yeah. antagonist was the antagonist. But it could have been Ferryman. Ferryman makes him commit the sin of whatever. Like, I don't think drinking alcohol is a sin, but obviously he was uh, committed sins for, for alcoholism, potentially in the past and he could have revealed that knew that he would be intoxicated and then play the part of getting him into the like he wouldn't like, I, I know your point like he doesn't have to show him like hey look this is who ferryman is but yeah maybe, but, like why would he oust himself but sometimes the villains do these kind of things don't they these little <laughs> sadistic <laughs> things. let me tell you who i am <laughs> but there is actually a scene where the female um, ghost character um the singer, um, after she uh, gets her victim, she turns back into like a corpse kind of character. So yeah. I'm pretty sure it is the ghosts of these individual characters that are marked by the ferryman and that are working for him. And that's what he suggests in the end too, right? He couldn't control Katie because she was a young girl that hadn't sinned versus the other characters. Um, right, okay. Like yeah. that. And is this the first 5.5 we've seen that has boobies in it? Just... That felt really forced to me. <laughs> it felt like it was completely unnecessary. Like <laughs> it's like uh, we need to have some titties up in here, so let's just go ahead and do it. <laughs> Any- anyway, let's see if the titties had anything to do or uh, improve the judgment. But ten out of ten. We can. We, we we can get around it anymore. We need to jump in and judge this movie. It's time to meet your judgment. Stick. Boom. 
or bust. Before we judge, let's quickly run through the rating system. We have Stick Bump A or Bust. Uh, Stick, this was a 5.5. It deserves the, the glorious 5.5 label. Bump, oh, this is way too good. It was better. It, it deserves better. Uh, uh, it, 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 it should have a higher rating than 5.5. Or the last one is Bust. I mean, we already had... In the two others, it, I think it makes sense what Bust is. <laughs> Doesn't deserve 5.5. So let's start out with Beata. I think it's a stick. Um, it wasn't the worst movie we've seen so far, um, but it wasn't the best either. So we start out with a stick. It stays 5.5. Let's see what what other people think. Tom, where are you at? don't know I've, I've been quite conflicted i've kind of gone through two two phases of wanting to stick it and wanting to bump it actually because uh been there yeah it's <laughs> it's it's happening and i think you know what? i'm gonna bump it i'm gonna bump another film two two episodes in a row because, just because um I, I think it did a lot of things different from kind of conventional i'm gonna say modern horror films i mean 2002 isn't is, it feels a long time ago now and it kind of is but I just feel like it left me thinking about things like that opening scene as well like it, that was just stuck in my head and just yeah the, the story unravels slightly towards the end but I think overall it's it's an enjoyable watch and again if you're not going into it with the um, yeah it's gonna you know be the scariest film ever but I think you get something out of it you know but I know I see it described as like The Shining meets Titanic and uh, <laughs> Whoa! <laughs> I mean, and and uh, I know even certain actors on this film have disowned this film completely, but you know I'm going to bump it. So there we go. Oh, there we go. So we have a stick. We have a bump. It can go anywhere. Let's hear what uh, Amanda thinks. Like Tom, I've been kind of torn between a stick and a bump, and I think you know if this film was marketed differently, like we've been talk- talking about, and if it was named differently, and like it totally wasn't labeled as a horror i actually think it's not a terrible film um there like tom says there's a lot of good in it um a lot of imaginative cinematography that was you know really different for a film of this kind so i think i'm gonna bump it um i mean i'm not gonna bump it a lot but i I think it deserves a bump all right all right so let me tell you what i think then i think I said it straight after the movie was done. I felt like it has a lot of good potential, but I've I've seen better I've, I've seen better better movies. It's it's a stick for me. Thomas already starting writing it down. It's a stick. Uh, I I don't feel like I can, I can bump it, but it was it was quite entertaining. It had good points, so it's definitely not a bust. And last but not least, Michael, the horror expert. Uh, by the powers invested in me, I am taking this movie out of the horror genre, and I am putting it into the mystery psychological genre, and with that, it officially deserves to be bumped up and not sticking at the 5.5. I think if you look at it as a horror film, uh, you're not going to get much out of it, but if you look at it from the movie that it actually is... And from all intents and purposes, from the movie that it's trying to be, 
Um, it's not horror at all. It just happens to have some horror elements and maybe some theming thrown in there. But um, so does uh, what's it called? Brah, the Sanderson sisters. <laughs> Hocus Pocus. Yes, Hocus Pocus has a bunch of Halloween stuff and horror themes, but it's not a horror movie. Mm-hmm. This kind of falls into its own thing, just like that. So Ghost it's a ship bo- and Hocus Pocus in the same sentence. You wouldn't You're find welcome. that on any You're of our podcasts. <laughs> so there we go. We end up on an overall bump. Bumping this movie. I think that's the first time we've done that this season. It might be. So this is uh, definitely def- it's five point six. There we go. We need to go bump it up. There we go. I think that's that's the uh, that's that's what we had for you this week. I, I I hope you enjoyed it because we can't redo it. Michael, thank you so much for uh, joining us and for picking this movie. Um, if people who are listening is interested in actually hear something about proper scary movies, proper horror movies, do you do you have any suggestions where people might might do that? Um, you know, I actually do. I do a horror-themed podcast, and it comes out every two weeks. It's called the All Hollow Scream Podcast. I am available over on Spotify, Apple, and Google Podcasts, and I cover properly-themed horror films. And if they're not properly-themed horror films, then I let you know, and I let you know why. It's an in-depth look at all things horror, and we celebrate it. We don't just knock it down or anything like that. We love horror in all of its many facets. There we go. You who are listening, what is your uh, one-sentence review? We would love to hear that if you've seen the movie. Or do you have maybe you have recommend- recommendations for other 5.5 rated movies we should watch? Let us know. Tom knows where. Find us on socials at 55review. And why not head over to our website, 5.5.reviews that's 5.5.reviews in case you didn't understand my ghost language (laughs) (laughs) there you go thank you so much for listening to this very scary and very special Hallows Weeds episode Uh, we hope you enjoyed it until next time Bye. bye goodbye listener this show is brought to you by Dragon Powered Studio Find more at dragonpoweredstudio.com.